1: Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for joining us this week. We will be talking shortly to New York Post media reporter Andrew Marchand. We're going to go around the horn and talk about a bunch of media topics. MLB playoffs NFL Monday night football Jason Witten we've got the NBA Hubie Brown um A-Rod stunt in the playoffs Brian Anderson so we go all over the place in a in a little in a tight conversation on the latest sports media news um just want to thank everyone for the feedback on last week's podcast with WWE superstar John Cena the response was tremendous uh So many tweets about people who just enjoyed the interview and uh, listening to it it ended up becoming more conversation than interview and people seemed to like that. They really liked what John had to say. It was very um, it was a lot of life philosophy. And uh, when we were done taping the interview, John and I, and we, we walked out of the studio before he had left the building he said he felt like he was on the psyche, psychiatrist couch there for a little bit, so it was uh, very interesting to hear him open up about everything. So, if you have not checked that out, if you're a wrestling, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you may enjoy the conversation just to see what someone of that magnitude goes through. And obviously, if you care about wrestling in any way, shape, or form, please check it out in the archives. The uh, SI Media podcast last week with John Cena. All right, we will. Uh, Now speak to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, and then uh, next week we will have, uh, have the next two weeks we have solid guests coming up. I don't want to give names away because schedules change, but we have uh, someone from the NFL Network, pretty much the biggest person at the NFL Network, next week. And then after that uh, we have an ESPN person who uh, I think will, a lot of you will be very interested in that interview, let's just say that. So that's uh, the next two weeks. John Cena in the archives, so check that out. And now we do a little sports media news potpourri with Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. All right, joining me now for a quick little media, a little media potpourri discussion. New York Post media reporter Andrew Marshan. Andrew, how's it going? Hey Jimmy, how are you doing, man? I'm well, thank you. A uh, bunch of good topics going on right now, but let's start with something absurd and ridiculous and near and dear to your heart. I know you're a big A-Rod fan. Um, Was the whole thing with A-Rod in the Red Sox jersey supposed to be like funny or shocking? What, What was Fox going for exactly? Because, I mean, I would never speak for all Yankee fans, but I don't think any Yankee fan gives a shit if Alex Rodriguez is wearing a Red Sox jersey.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a little bit trite. I mean, I don't know. They've done that before. They did it last year, or keys put on a Yankee hat or something, and...
1: No no Yankee fan know. thinks his A-Rod is this great Yankee that if he's in a Red Sox jersey, you're going to, like, you know, be up having nightmares.
0: Yeah, A-Rod seems to like these kind of gimmicks. I mean, they did a good one with ESPN, with, the, I don't know, that like the Burgers. It was pretty good with uh, where A-Rod was, you know, making burgers there. It was kind of funny. I mean, again, you know, still a little bit contrived, but it was you know, better. I don't think you can do one of those every week. Um, so when you, when you, yeah, I don't know if uh, anybody really cared that, uh, you know, you know, look, Alex likes attention. So he'll, he'll do anything. Right, for but they were going and for And this like, is a world that we
1: live in. It's a good world for him. Right, but on social media, you can get the attention. They were going for this thing, like Yankee fans are going to be so devastated by this. I mean, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think Yankee fans um, really care. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I think. There probably were some Yankee fans are like, "What is he doing?" I mean, here's the other thing: it's always A. Rod and Jeter with the Yankees. I mean, could you ever see Derek Jeter doing that? He would never do it.
1: Well, and and also like that's the thing though: Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera or Andy Pettit in a Red Sox jersey would sting. It doesn't sting if A. Rod's in a Red Sox jersey. What? Yeah,
0: you're probably right. I mean, he, he,
1: he yeah, it's, he
0: doesn't, he he doesn't come across as. Um, that sincere when he kind of yeah. does the whole bleeding the Yankee blue kind of thing, yeah, yeah. No, um, no, no. pinstripes. You know, it's just this sort of, this sort of uh, encapsul- encapsulates that.
1: Yeah, you're not you're not one of the greats. Sorry. Um, it, not I mean on the field he is, but he's not like in Yankee lore is one of the greats. Um, I did notice. I want to. I noticed you had a little bit of criticism of the TBS crew of Brian Anderson and Ron Darling on Twitter. Are they not? Uh, Andrew Marshan favorites calling the, they are calling no, the I, I've always liked
0: Darling. I mean, I think Darling with Gary Cohn and Keith Hernandez, that's one of the best local booths you're going to find. I mean, all the credit they get is deserved. Um, I find, you know, and I'm not sure maybe Gary brings it out more of Ron, but I just found, I found that Anderson and Darling have been a little bit boring. I think they're I think Anderson's very dry. I mean, for him to really work, I think you really need a kind of a lively uh, color analyst on baseball. In my so, opinion. Uh, now, doing the Brewers games, that's one thing. But doing the NLCS, um, it just doesn't have that big feel to me that uh, some other guys have. And it's not because you know Brian Anderson. I hate the you know the you know the talk where someone hasn't done it like they're not. They don't have the the big name. I don't think you have to do it for 20 years. Just a a sound, and there's some uh, humor, and there's a little bit more that you bring to a broadcast that I think separates the guys who can can really do that. I hear that, you know, with like a, um, you know, obviously the guys who are associated with that, Joe Buck, who I think is excellent, um, you know, Al Michaels, um, you know, those type of guys, but, you know, there are other guys who haven't done it yet who I think have it, you know, Ian Eagle, Kevin Burkhart. uh, Those are a couple of guys that I think. You know, can be at that level if given the chance. Um, you know, so uh, I just don't hear it with that crew. It, it, it's not—it's solid enough in some regards. Darling's had his missteps, uh, which I to a column about, especially in that Yankee series. Uh, but uh, but usually he's pretty good.
1: I actually I I appreciate Brian Anderson's style just because I do feel like I, I feel like we're in this age now where we're inundated by so many over the top, overly excited announcers where i like just like to me it is it is a very solid nuts and bolts broadcast and even even from a production standpoint they're not you know doing the espn nonsense of like showing the booth 50 times or you know fs1 of course is giving you you know camera shots up fans noses after every pitch um i I like the tbs like i feel like it's calm and it's it's reasonable it's not I know what you're saying about Anderson. He's not going to go crazy, but I actually find it refreshing in a way. But I guess you want a little more during the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I just think also, all right, yeah, that's fine. I kind of agree with you. I don't mind that. But you can't miss storylines. I mean, the other night, David Price, game two. He's not won a game ever in his, um, his postseason career as a starter. And he's one of the best pitchers of his generation. And here he is. He's in his fourteenth or fifteenth start, I believe, and he's at four and two thirds innings. He's given up four runs. He walks off the field, and the Fenway fans give him a standing ovation. Now, think about that. Boston fans give him a standing ovation. TBS barely didn't even mention it. You saw it a little bit. I followed people on Twitter, so I, you know, I, they they said it, and then I went back and you know re- rewound, and I think that's where, you know, I want first off. To, to, they didn't really go into also how Alex Corr and Price wanted that out so bad. Now, let me make this clear. Obviously, the first um, goal is to win the game, and that's what they're trying to do, and that's why they took him out in that in that instance. Right. But you can't tell me, having, I mean, I know, I've been in those call callbacks, I've talked to all these guys, that they didn't want that victory badly, and that storyline was just absolutely missed by Turner.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I don't know. Is David Price like getting a win really that big of a deal? It's I don't, in the regular season, maybe, but it's the playoffs. Like, it's it's bigger than that. Who cares? If I mean, the team needs to win. Who cares? But it's not
0: that, I'm not saying no, no. It's not important. Of course, that's not right. important in terms of him getting a win. And him, and, and him, he, he, the ability for him to move on next right. start, and that that's off his, that monkey's off his back. Mm-hmm. That would be a huge. That's a huge thing, and right. you might not think it is, but if you're around the team, you're around players, and he knows he's never won a game. It just will allow him to move on, even if it wasn't even a good outing. And the fact is, the Fenway fans—he gave up four runs in four and two-thirds innings, and he scored five when he was in the game, so it looked like an okay start. But that's really an all—that's an almost a nine ERA. So it's really a terrible yeah, start. So don't I you think
1: it was more of a more of like a thank God you you didn't uh, what do you call it? You, you didn't get killed in the second inning tonight. He has a standing ovation.
0: Yeah, no, I, it might have been partly that it was kind of like, you know, we're, we're still with you. Whatever it was, I mean, it should have been discussed and shown, and, and, and it's like I felt like they missed a, a very big angle. Now, they did a good job with Severino in terms of, um, you know, spotting that possible issue. I think they went too far with that one during the, yeah. uh, uh, you know, warm-up gate. You know, and that that's what you want from a broadcast, and I just felt like, that was one they missed, and you know, that's on the whole team there, but it's, it's, and I don't like to, I want to make it clear that I don't like the nitpick, which is an overall feeling, you're asking me the question, overall feeling, you know, that crew, I just, it hasn't been great to me.
1: Right. One more on the baseball before we go to um, football and NBA. I'm, listen, I'm not knocking the guy, you can never knock the guy, it's his decision, he doesn't owe anybody anything, and, and he's an untouchable, but Would it kill Vin Scully to do an inning? The whole, um, you know, I don't belong there. Yes, you do, Vin. Yes, you do. Throw us a bone. Do a couple of innings. It's like... Um,
0: No, I I think it's great. It's classy.
1: uh, uh, No no doubt that it's classy. And he doesn't owe it to us. Like, why should he do it just to make the fans happy if he doesn't want to... If, If he would say, listen, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do it. That's fine. But he says he doesn't belong there. It's like... What are we talking about? Look, well,
0: because somebody's earned the right to do the game. Right, I but think, Joe you Buck know, has again, no... again, it's an inning or two, and <laughs> I know Joe Buck's okay with it. But I don't know. I, you know, and he hasn't done it all year. He might not be sharp. You know, doing it doesn't um, matter. It, he will be. It sharp. does to him. He did it. It would to him. He, if he's. He, I mean, look. I'm not saying he would be doing this, but if he's um, fumbling around in that booth, it wouldn't be a. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a, an enjoyable listen.
1: He did it for a hundred years. One year off isn't going to make him fumble around.
0: Maybe I mean he's an older guy. I'm not saying like the, he would or won't, but I don't know his physical shape right now. But uh, it's not
1: it's not as easy as you think. Again, it's the the I don't belong there. Is what I don't like about it. Like you know you do. It you're a legend. You're an you are the all time great. You're
0: saying like it's false. You're saying it's false modesty. <laughs> well, I
1: don't think it. Uh, it uh, for another person, I would absolutely say it. I think maybe he actually believes it, and I'm disappointed. No one can convince him that. He does belong there, I guess.
0: Yeah. We're talking about,
1: listen, we're not talking about something important like running the country or curing cancer. We're talking about one inning of a baseball game. It's not that important in the grand scheme of life. You could do an inning.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, look, either way, I could go either way. I'm I'm with you with that. But if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. I don't really have a problem with it. All
1: right, let's go to NFL. I am shocked. Listen, whether you think he's good or not good, I've said this before and I'll say it again because it, keep, it keeps happening. Forget whether you think he's good. I am shocked at the a reaction to just bash Jason Witten during every Monday night football game. Where, where do you stand on Witten after six weeks? He's
0: okay. Um, you know, Anybody who buys this ESPN got him for the long-term BS. I mean, come on. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious. All right. that's, I mean, yes. Do they want him for the long term? Sure. But they, they, they're saying that so to try to take the pressure off of him. And then you could say, okay, he's not that great this year, but we didn't get him for this year. We got him for 10 years, you know, three years, two years down the road. I mean, come on. They hired him. You know, everyone knew that it would be tough to be like Roma was his first year, but that's not what they hire him. To me, he's been okay. Um, this is my issue you know, with how, in, in my opinion, how people hire a lot of time for these jobs. What other job do you hire and you say, you know what, this is one of the top jobs of of, of this, um, you know, to be an a analyst. And so who are we going to go with? Let's go with someone with no experience and let's pay him as much as almost anybody in the game. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I get it. He's somewhat of a big name. The other problem with him is, He's a big name in some regards. He's not Tony Romo. He wasn't a quarterback. He's a tight end. Right. Um, you know, here someone who's not interested in football might know Tony Romo. They they don't know Jason Witten. So to me, that's um, a mistake there. Um, and you look at how they got to Booger McFarlane. They hired Booger McFarland because of what he says, not because he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Because most people don't even know that. So I think Booger was a better hire in, in that regard. Now can't wait and get better. Yeah, he could. Um, but so far he seems okay. It doesn't seem like, you know, a big personality he seems like a nice guy. You know, I, I don't really want to crush the guy. Um, but, um, and then you're saying what's the reaction? I mean, social media, it's a different world. I mean, you, if you don't come out and hit three home runs, you're, uh, you're going to get killed, you know, and, and people hate you no matter what. I mean, like I like, uh, do... out about Joe Buck the other day. Uh, let me just finish this one oh, yeah. thing, Jimmy. and, you know, I was like, whoa, I'm going to tweet this out. People are going to go
1: crazy. And, you know, some people did. A lot, most people
0: think he's good, too. But, but you know, some people it's like you're uh, making a political statement. It's crazy. I,
1: I just feel like the venom for Witten is a little over the top, given that he's only done six games in his life. Now, listen, maybe it's ESPN's fault they put him. You know, it's not only that they give him the job. They give him the job and then, you know, they promo you know the broadcast team, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: Cassator you know, is saying, you know, he's you know analyzing every analyst that was in there. You know, in the Athletic with Deitch. and you know, I think from people in the you know, why, why are you doing that? Um, and then you know, the whole like acting as if you're going to reinvent broadcasting with the booger mobile. Right. Um, booger said to me that you know, and I, and I and I appreciate this. And I think it's good because they are paid to talk. But Booger said, "You know, we're gonna have more fun than other broadcasts." So I think that kind of raises the expectations. And I think the biggest issue with ESPN and kind of what you're saying about Turner, just do the game. Just do the game. Oh yes, that's it. Don't have to make it. Yeah, make it such a deal. It it do the game. Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter if it's baseball, football. ESPN can't just do the game. ESPN cannot just do the game. It's 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 Those games on Monday night. I mean, I get a headache by the end of it. It it's all over the place it's just frantic and i just want to be like can you just all calm down a little bit well just cut down they
0: should have like half the meetings that they have i mean that's, yeah. this is very inside baseball just you, you have like half cut that meetings in half do the game and, and just be done with it because what happens is if you listen to, if you talk to any broadcaster ever about their preparation they will all tell you they do you know if you talk about 100 percent of their preparation they use less than 10 percent during a broadcast right. and that should be a rule for anybody who's doing a game, to let it go with the flow of the game, and yeah, you might leave some a lot of good stuff on the cutting room floor, and that's too bad. But that's not what I'm. I don't care about that as a viewer. Right. I care about what I see and let it flow.
1: Well, and I, so for the Packers Niners game, what killed me is, like you said, they're in meetings and they roll out all the storylines and the stats and this and that. But no one in that booth, three people, no one says, you know what, this isn't. Imp- this is to the point now where it's embarrassing. The Packer defense is embarrassing. This isn't even competitive. You know, you never, you won't hear that, and that's what was going on. That that first half, the nine, the I, the Packers in the first half of that game, the Packers defense was pathetic and embarrassing. But they don't say that. they you know, they're going through all the other stuff, and just tell me what's going on with what you know. I don't need all the, you know, what you your production meeting stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Exactly. And and look, they got a great rating because you had the Packers and you had a great game. You had a high-scoring game. And, you know, ultimately that's what's going to drive the ratings um, is what type of games you have. You know, they got a big one coming up a couple weeks with uh, Kansas City and the Rams, and they'll get a big number for that game. And so, you know, you can put all the bells and whistles on. And also I kind of feel like when you do all this extra stuff, you're trying to dress up, Uh, Monday Night Football and it's kind of big hat no cattle and I'm not saying that they have a better schedule this year But when you try to do too much around it It's as if you're trying to hide that maybe Monday Night Football doesn't have the shine it once did and um, You're just trying too hard and 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 I think um, I mean again, I could say this a million times put Booger in the booth have a three-man booth even if it was agreed upon that you know try to make it so Whitten can be in a two-man booth if that was the agreement beforehand that it's only to be a two man. Um, and I think that ESPN wanted this, you know, Boogermobile. Um, but I just, it's, nobody's watching for the Boogermobile.
1: Six, six weeks into the season, is there an NFL, you do play by play or analyst, Um, person who works on Sundays, CBS, Fox, who you think is underrated or doesn't get enough attention or who should have a bigger spotlight?
0: Hmm, who's really good and should be getting more time? Yeah, not
1: the Bucks, not the Aikmans, not the Romos, not the Nances. You know, I mean, so- look,
0: the best team might be uh, Dan Fouts and Nine Eagle. I mean, that's a really when you have that team, that's a very strong team. I like Burkhart um, a lot. I mean, Charles Davis is pretty good. Um, let me see. Um, you know, down the. You know, hmm, I'm trying to think um the arians crew i haven't seen that enough yet to really give a full opinion on that one right i saw a little bit with the jets it was okay
1: um um it's okay if you don't have an answer
0: yeah i mean that's a tough one to say who right. who should you know why i mean like you know look at I'm, I'm a lot of times on red zone you go from one game to the next um no, that's your problem and so uh you know all
1: right so nobody nobody yet has kind of stuck out as this is the next the future gotcha uh, NBA starts up this week.
0: Actually, I'll tell you one guy who actually would call to I'm trying to think which game. I think Andrew Catalone uh,
1: mm-hmm. had some good calls this yeah. weekend that I heard. He, he's been much better the last couple of years with a, with a two man booth. Um, they had him in a three man booth at the, early on, and he's much better in a two man booth. He's, he's actually a good listener on Sundays. He did the Chargers Browns, I think it was, on this past Sunday. Is that what it was? Yeah, it I, is. I, know
0: so. I know it was like kind of. I think know, it now. was.
1: Don't, I think. Okay. All right, NBA starts um, this week. How about Hubie Brown, 85 years old, signs a multi-year extension?
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a story coming out it. Thursday. I don't know when this podcast is. It's a two-year deal. Um, it's a, He's a marvel. I mean, he's just so passionate about the game. Um, he's a guy who, um, Hall of Famer. And, you know, he doesn't have the fame or the, you know, maybe cachet of a Vitale or Madden. But I think if you're an NBA fan when you know when yubi's doing a game, you like it. I mean, you're going to learn something. And I just like some of his ub Again, they're not like Vital with the ears and, and all the diaper dandies and all that that's kind of a little bit about, you know, Dickie V. But the, you know, now and our league, you know, little things that he has that are just kind of natural um, are always something that just have stuck out uh, to me. Um, and so, uh, um, you know, he's, he's kind of like uh, I talked to Mike Tirico Who's his longtime partner? I talked to Ryan Ruko, who's his current partner, and you know they both use the word Marvel, and that's uh, he is he's a Marvel, eighty-five, two-year deal. Um, you know he credits, you know, it's, it, and he, and he's you know he's a good guy because you know I asked him well, you know why do you, why do you think you have this? And first thing he credited was his agent Sandy Montag, who represents a lot of people, right. uh, and you know and there's a uh, you know there's a there's a passion and in in for people and for the uh, for the league.
1: I despise three man booths with a passion, but it would be great one year. They're not going to do it, but it'd be great one year if they stuck him on the finals with Van, with Breen and Van Gundy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be good. I mean, again, I don't know if that's time to do you know shtick. Um, that's not shtick. Uh, he's
1: his hard, he's the complete opposite of shtick.
0: Well, but I know. But you're kind of. I mean, well, you just tell Mark Jackson to go sit on the sideline.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, yes. you, you, really what you're saying is you don't want mark jackson in, the, in there. Um, You want UBS? I,
1: I, there's no reason for mark jackson if it was just breen and van gundy it would there's no reason for mark jackson to be there um I, you have to run we've hit the time limit here and you have to run i know you got some things going on do you want to do one minute on mike's app or do you want to end this interview? give
0: me one i'll give you 60 seconds all right so uh, fir- app, first so.
1: question are you the one? Because I saw the clip. Are you the one who reported three hundred subscribers? Who's he ready to kill over that? I, yeah, report? I am
0: not. Oh, I okay. Am not. I don't. I don't know who. I feel better. Reported now. that. I
1: was nervous. For yeah, you. I did not
0: report okay. the three hundred. Um, I don't believe that the it's doing too well. Um, oh boy. You now look. He, do you think he's doing well? No, but
1: if you say that now, you know we might get a little speech from Mike on on Fan. One of these
0: oh, days. Oh, maybe. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. He said that he can't reveal the. You can reveal the numbers now. Would I, if he gave the numbers, would I even trust him, Probably not. But, right. but the bottom line is, is that he could reveal numbers. He's choosing not to. There's no like law. You don't know, get arrested if you re, you know release your download numbers and how many subs you have. And, I mean, you know, I'm not saying some places do, right. some places don't, but there's no law against doing it.
1: I have no issue if he doesn't release the numbers because uh, listen, I think Yeah, I don't care. It's up to him. I think he can release them, but you really don't hear here's what you don't hear. You don't you usually hear you don't get subscription numbers, but you usually hear about downloads or something like that. Um believe me, if the number was good, he'd he'd mention it. He'd mention the number. That's what I think. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. No no no. Yeah. He'd mention it for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh
1: look the he's not
0: offering that much extra stuff i mean it's, it's kind of embarrassing after the yankee series he you know the one time he said he was going to do after show after game two he didn't do it and he was guilty of doing game three didn't do one after game four i mean
1: so so do you, you know, know i don't have the app so do you know on average in a week seven days in a week on average, in those seven days, how many days is he on the app doing a show that's not his regular FAN Monday through Friday, three to six show?
0: Not often. I mean, he does uh, the Sunday morning show right. that he does. Right. And then he said he was doing the Saturday show and he kind of has JJ in there sometimes. I'm not sure if he does that every Saturday. Uh, but he's, not, he's giving you the video content and then... Um, you mean video you of the sh- of a, the FAN show? The show, of the right. actual free show. Right. Um, And then, yeah, he's giving you like one extra show.
1: One a week, basically. Basically, maybe two. One or two a week. So for $9... So yeah, I don't even
0: know if it's a full show. It's like an hour. It's not a four-hour show. Right. A three-hour show. It's an hour or so. Right. I mean, maybe the, the football show, I think, is three hours.
1: Gotcha. All right. $9 a month, you get one show a week, and then the football show, basically.
0: You have to really love Mike Francesa
1: to, 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 to subscribe. Yeah. Well, maybe go get those numbers.
0: Uh, I'll try. All, all right. right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate all it. All right, Jimmy. All right, take care. Thanks.
1: Talk to you. Bye-bye. All right, my thanks to Andrew Martian of the New York Post. We always have to mention Mike Francesa's app at the end of all of our interviews. As everyone knows, Andrew's a regular, so I appreciate him coming on. And uh, we'll see you next week. Good guests the next week. weeks. I don't want to tease them, but... Uh, I'll give you a little hint. we got an NFL Network person next week and a big ESPN person the week after that. So please, if you have not subscribed, subscribe. If you can leave a review, that would be tremendous. Leave a rating on iTunes. It helps immensely, and uh, I'd appreciate it. All right, we'll see you next week on the SI Media Podcast. Take care.
0: Just search Locked On Your Favorite Team on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Your Favorite Team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.